It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Ghouly Things. Hey, Boo-Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, and we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hi. So, (laughs) while I was setting everything up before I was... Before you called me, Lil, I was like, am I going to remember how to speak into a microphone? Do I know how this works anymore? Because I feel like it's been forever since we've recorded. Yeah, it, it feels like way longer than it has been. Like, it, And it's funny because when we were recording every day during quarantine, it felt like one week was forever. And now over a week feels like extra forever. Yeah. So for those that listen to us weekly, you may have noticed that last week we didn't put out a new episode. And for those that have not heard, um, New Jersey encountered a storm that was relative to the hurricane. Was it Isaiah? It was. Isaiah, I think. Isaiah, yeah, whatever. Fuck him, um, because <laughs> it took out my power on my end from Tuesday to Saturday night. So uh, I was without power, and on top of not having electricity, which is one thing, like, I don't really care about sitting in the dark. I do that anyway. Um, but <laughs> the phone service, I guess, the the phone tower, the phone line, whatever happened, I guess that crashed too. So I couldn't even call or text people. Yeah, that's funny you say that. And when you told me that on the phone the other day, too, I realized that I got a text from you and it was like text message. And I was like, why is it sending us a text? Yeah, because that was the only thing that was going through. And that was super delayed as well. I felt in that moment, I felt like I was in the apocalypse. (laughs) And it's so sad to say, but it really took this experience of losing power to realize how dependent we are as a society on electricity and I mean, shout out to all of the ghosts we talk about on the show that never experienced electricity. I don't know how you did it. Um, But yeah, I had to drive to the municipal building, which was down the road from me, to just get onto the optimum Wi-Fi account that I have and just (laughs) use Wi-Fi just to just send out text messages. Just so people like just to tell my parents I was okay. you know, to reach out to you to let you know every day that I didn't have power. Um, I felt so bad because I kept saying like, oh yeah, we'll record later. Um, I'm pretty sure the power will come back on. I mean, (laughs) this is the longest I've ever been without power. Even, even Hurricane Sandy, it wasn't that bad for me. I don't know about you. Wow. Really? I was out for, I think like a week and a half in Sandy. What? Are you serious? Did you like go over people's houses and stuff? Cause does your electricity connect to your water? Uh, no, we had we had water and okay. we had cable the first few days, but then it went out. But yeah, I spent a lot of time at like Maddie and Olivia's house, oh, okay. particularly because my grandfather was home. Oh, and okay. My grandfather came to live with us because he lived down the shore, and there was literally like a couple feet from his house. There was the waters were so high that there was a baby shark swimming around. What? Okay, that is actually really fucking cool. It's scary, but it's cool. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, Grandpa came to stay with us, and it was not pleasant. <laughs> it was not pleasant. Wait, because your grandfather was there, or just because you had no power? The answer to that is actually both. <laughs> um, because he, so we lost power, and he wanted us to call PSENG and tell them that he was on life support so <gasps> that he could have power to watch his Seinfeld DVD. I am done. 
I am done. <laughs> is this on your mom or dad's side? This was my dad's dad. Okay, such a Baldessari move. Then I could say it's such a Baldessari oh. thing. Oh, 100%. That is so funny. So um, on that note, yeah, so it was just absolutely, it was so, it, it wasn't even that like, I hated the fact that we didn't have electricity or like I felt, I, I felt like I couldn't do anything. You know, like I went outside a lot and, you know, I, I, I made the best of it. But I think what really got me is we're currently in a pandemic, um, if you're listening to this live. Um, and so with that, there's a lot of unanswered questions. We don't know when things are going to go back to quote unquote normal. We don't know when certain things are going to open up. We don't know, like every time, every day the rules change and regulations change. So there's a lot of uncertainty with that. And then when I was trying to figure out when our electricity was going to come back on, when I talked to the electric company, it was Every representative I talked to had different answers. I'm a part of like my town's Facebook private group and everyone was telling us different things about the power company and you know, people are like, oh, it's gonna come on tonight or it's gonna come on Thursday, it's gonna come on next Tuesday. And so the uncertainty of all that in one week, it just was like a lot to handle and I was very overwhelmed. So it was a very poor week on my end, but I'm looking at things as if, if I can survive this past week, I can survive any week, to be honest. So for some more brighter news, uh, this week uh, we are announcing, for, first of all, we're going to have two episodes up for you guys. First to make up for last week, uh, which is today. That's our Encounters episode. We're going to be reading off some of our listener stories. And then later this week we'll post another episode on a different topic. Uh, but today uh, I wanted to talk about our Patreon. So every time Lily says our Patreon name, um, we do have a Patreon. But to be honest with you, we haven't been on top of it the way that we should be. And so uh, 3.30 in the morning, uh, the first night that our power went out, I decided to brainstorm and I just kind of reconfigured all the levels that we had in the tiers and I simplified it. And now we have a whole new system for Patreon. And it's going to be something that I think is going to be easier for our boothings to access. And there's a lot more perks to it. So uh, I'm going to explain what the tiers are. So there's just going to be two tiers and they're really simple. So our first tier is the boothangs. And so by becoming an official boothang, you have access to additional episodes we post on our Patreon, exclusive interviews with experts in the paranormal, and chances to win uh, free Just Ghouly Thing stickers, signed posters from us, and other Patreon-exclusive giveaways that we're going to be doing in the future. Um, and we'll also shout you guys out on one public episode of Just Ghouly Things per month. So there's a lot of things that we are offering in the basic Boothangs Patreon tier. And this uh, this package is only $8 a month, Lily. Like only $8. Ooh. I feel like I'm on QVC, like, for only $8. Only $8. And, but, okay, so I want you guys to think of it this way. So we're going to be posting about at least four episodes a month on this Patreon because we're going to be posting once a week um, of additional episodes. So if you break it down, it's going to be $2 per episode, which isn't bad. And then on top of that, 
Uh, we're going to be doing giveaways on that page that are only exclusive for those that are Patreon subscribers. And then also, I mean, we've talked about having people come on here that are mediums or, you know, ghost investigators. And I just thought that this would be an awesome platform to be able to do more in-depth interviews and be able to have it on a social media platform that people can easily access. So um, definitely stay tuned for that. We are going to be posting our uh, first Patreon exclusive episode after this episode. Uh, so that's going to be uh, posted by the end of tonight, which is Monday. What day is it? Monday, August 10th. So definitely check that out. Um, Lily, do you want to tell everyone our Patreon name? Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Super simple. And then our last tier, there's only going to be two tiers. So it goes $8 a month, and that's the basic. But then for $20, not only do you get all those perks, but you can also um, choose to get a 20-second personalized video from Lily and I. Um, and you'll also be shouted out um, on an episode of Just Ghoulie Things and our social media as well. And so this tier, you can donate $20 a month if you want to. That would be amazing. But this is more for people that maybe want to... Uh, Maybe you want to donate one time. Um, I don't know how many personalized videos you want from Lily and I, but if you want <laughs> monthly personalized videos from us, we can totally do that too. <laughs> I don't know how many times you want to hear our voice, but I mean, that's fine too. Uh, you can do that. Um, but yeah, so those are the two tiers that we're offering on Patreon. Uh, if you guys have any other suggestions, other things that you'd like to see on our Patreon page, definitely email us at gmail.com. And we'll definitely consider putting it on our Patreon page. Um, we really hope you guys enjoy the additional content. Um, and all this money, this is not money that's going into Lily or I's pocket. Um, this is all just going to, you know, getting more updated equipment. Um, right now, being able to pay for our subscription so that we have an RSS feed to post these episodes on. I mean, podcasting isn't free and it's definitely not the cheapest um and we're not making a living off of this we'd love to at some point but you know <laughs> we do this purely out of love and passion for it um but any any funding counts i mean we're not begging for money or anything but uh you know yeah. it's just another outlet that if you want to support us um we're hella thankful for it absolutely so anyway enough plugging our shit and uh let's get to the good stuff all right lily what are we going to be talking about today um, we are talking about our listeners' encounter stories. Yes. Wait, no. Yes? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. That's what yes. we're doing now, right? That's what we're doing right now, Lily. <laughs> we have a lot going on, guys. We have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> so. Okay. Lily, do you want to start? Sure. All right, let's so hear it. This is actually from a friend of my mom's. His name is Jerry. Hi, Jerry. So, um. His story is actually pretty good, so let's read it, shall we? We shall. Okay. A long, long time ago, in a magical land called the 1980s, <laughs> I had an experience. <laughs> a friend of mine and I were very poor, so we had to find creative and inexpensive ways to entertain ourselves. So we're hanging out in his trailer, and he pulls out a Ouija board that he got as a gift. We unwrap it and set it up. We are on it for about a minute, and it begins to move. 
it moves with such force that it was obvious to me he wasn't pranking me, and I knew I wasn't doing it. After asking a few questions, the entity begins to tell his story. His name was Face, F-A-C-E is the first name, so Face, and then E-A-B-D. Okay. Um, and he was born in 1536 in England and was killed in what was called the Italian War in 1559. Ooh. So as we talked to him, we ran into a language barrier as it would swerve into Latin. As neither one of us, to this day, speak or write in that language, we had to use something called the card catalog at the public library to get a Latin dictionary. And Because he wrote this to my mom, he says, if Lily doesn't know what that is, you can tell her it was the internet when it was made from trees. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the words we were able to identify... And some we weren't, so it took many sessions on the board to get where we wanted to go with the conversation. We asked him questions like, do you still hate the French? After all, the, after all, they did kill him. He said he was long past that. He also said that time passes much more quickly on his side. He said that as time goes on, he can remember less and less about being here. Much like we all have memories of when we were eight years old, but added up for most of us, it wouldn't add up to half an hour. He then told us, without being asked that he was trapped, without being asked that he was trapped, I asked the logical question, by who? His answer, not a deity. I then asked, is there anything that we could do to help? He said yes. He asked us to go to England and get him a specific scepter. Hmm. It took about half an hour to find the Latin word, um, the Latin word, as he tried many he couldn't find. We finally narrowed it down to something called an A, A, the letters A and the letter E. I don't know. Okay. Uh, he says weird. I know. I told him I would have to research it. Uh what it was did it still exist could it be something that if i finally found myself in england and if it did exist could i reasonably expect to be able to get my hands on it as it turns out it did exist and it is considered a satanic scepter the next time we got on the board we told him we wouldn't get a satanic scepter and couldn't possibly get it even if we had a mind to we never heard from him again and never got the board to move after that. Oh. Whoa. I mean, it makes you think, what would have happened if they actually made the effort to get that? I know, right? Imagine Maybe he wouldn't like be writing the story. Go. Imagine you could casually just, like, go to fucking England. Like, what if they had gotten their hands on it? That would not have been good. This sounds like a teen movie where everything is just so convenient where, like, these teens can just go (laughs) on a flight to England and get this scepter and then come back and help this ghost or possible evil entity. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. How should I feel about this spirit? Is it a good spirit? Is it a bad spirit? Well, it's funny because at first you feel kind of bad for the spirit. You're like, oh, he died in the war. He speaks, you know, mostly Latin. Like, this poor guy is stuck. How did he end up in the Midwest? You know, all that stuff. 
And then he's like, yeah, by the way, just uh, throw me a satanic scepter when you can. Honestly, the red flag was the Latin, all right? Anything that just starts speaking in Latin, I don't, mm mm-mm. Mm-mm. The story goes south once they start speaking Latin. Yeah, it's just... And you know what? But kudos to Jerry because the fact that they went to the library and pretty much did their own Google Translate on their own and put in that much effort, I could never. That just looks like a lot of effort and I don't think I have the energy to do all of that. No, no fucking way. I'd be like, what's that? The library's involved? Next Ouija board. Yeah, no thanks. I'm not trying to get yelled at because I unzipped my jacket zipper, Karen. All right? <laughs> Relax. <laughs> I actually used to love going to the library when I was younger. Like, before, you know, social media and all that stuff. Like, in the summers, they used to have summer reading programs. And I always used to try to be the one kid that used to read the most books in the summer program. I usually cheated and pretended I read books that I didn't, um, but I still won. So <laughs> that's all that matters, I guess. Did you ever have, uh, what's it called, library class where you, like, learned about the Dewey Decimal System oh, and, like, yes. rented out books and shit? Yeah, of 1,000%. We had that class probably, like, I think we were supposed to do it once a month, but our teachers literally gave no fucks, and I think we went, like, once a marking period, like, I think we learned about it once. I mean, I guess they had to make, like, the school library teacher feel, like, special. So they're like, you know what? We'll just give her this hour. Like, we'll go on a smoke break while she talks. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, but to be honest, you know what? The, uh, learning the Dewey Decimal System has been more of an impact on my life than most of the shit I learned in school anyway. So shout out to Miss Palillo, uh, my school library teacher. You were awesome. And actually, hey, her daughter was on um, the American Ninja Warriors. No way. Yeah, like, she's badass. Like, she's, like, she's got, like, she's, like, ripped. Like, she's, oh, she's such a badass woman. I love it. Um, She has no idea who I am, but, like, I just know that. Um, And I don't know her name, but shout out to the school teacher's daughter. Um, You're pretty cool. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's 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 my, yeah, that's my experience. That's the cool thing that happens in my school. My elementary school librarian was a total bitch. Like, she should not have been with children. I feel like, I feel like elementary, like, I feel like there's always that, like, one or two elementary school teachers that you, like, look back and you're like, why the fuck did you choose this profession? Absolutely. Like, she, yeah, exactly. Like, she was kind of fun because she had, like, this mouse puppet. Um, a mouse was, like, puppet? Brown. And then, like, the second year in, she had this white mouse puppet, and she was, I forget the puppet's name, but uh, he was like, yeah, he fell in a, you know, a, a tub of white paint. And we were all like, oh, no, he's so silly. But looking back, I'm like, she just bought a fucking new puppet. <laughs> you just realized that at 24 years old. <laughs> no, well, okay, I realized it in, like, many years ago. <laughs> But still, it's like, I, I want to know why she had to replace the puppet. Like, there's already a hole in its ass. What else could possibly go wrong with What? That? Yeah, what did she do with that puppet that she felt the need to buy a new one? The world may never know. Yeah, there was one. Actually, I do have a horror story of a teacher. It was, my, it was second grade. It mm-hmm. was my science teacher at the time. And 
uh, she graded my quiz and she, I think there was like a couple things wrong on it. And so what we did was at the end, like when she handed out the tests that were graded, you had to erase your answers and then like she would go over it with you and like you would just, like you would just correct yourself and blah, blah, blah. So I erased all my answers before she started going over them. So she ends up saying that the one question that I got wrong, my answer actually was right, but she had marked it as wrong. And I already erased it, but you could still see it because it was like one of those crappy erasers. So like it didn't erase the answer completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end when she was done, I like went up to her desk and I was like, hi, so-and-so. Um, I like, you know, you marked this wrong, but I like if you see it very faintly, like my answer's there. And she mm-hmm. looked at the paper, looked at me, and goes, do you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> and I was like, what? And she was like, sit back down. I am not changing your grade. <gasps> what a bitch. Oh, yeah, fuck her. She's probably dead now, so fuck you. I don't care. Yeah, take that, unless he's haunting us from the afterlife. Oh, yeah, maybe that's why I hate chemistry now. But, like, literally... <laughs> That, like, traumatized me so much because I was such a soft-spoken kid. As Like, growing up, I always was very respectful of adults and was always told to just kind of keep my mouth shut and just always be respectful. Um, mm-hmm. Those morals went out the door once I reached high school. But, um, <laughs> but for the time being, like, that was horrifying to me because I always was, you know, I always strived to, you know, not, I wasn't necessarily a teacher's pet, but, like, I always wanted the teachers to like me. And I always wanted yeah. to be, like, one of their best students. Like, I always wanted to have a good impression on the teachers because my mom was a teacher. So, you know, I always knew, like, how important it was to, you know, have a, you know, just have a good reputation. So when that happened, I was mortified. And the fact that even to this day, I remember that whole conversation and how I felt this was when I was, what, seven years old? So that was, like, 17 years ago, Lily, and I'm still traumatized by it. <laughs> I feel bad for laughing at such a like, awful experience. Dude, I would hate that bitch after. Oh, I no, she was one of those teachers that everyone, like, had a bad experience with, but at that point, I never did, and I always gave her the benefit of the doubt. But after that, like... I didn't, I didn't really know the word fuck at that time, but, like, looking back, I definitely had, like, a fuck you energy to her. 1,000%. Oh, I don't fucking blame you. Yeah. yeah, when you're just like, you stink, but in reality, your brain is like, yo, fuck this bitch. And look, you know what? Like, I see how, you know, how assholey kids can be now, and so I have a lot of respect for teachers and the shit they deal with. But mm-hmm. like, but like, you weren't being one of the assholes. Exactly. Kids, you know? Except don't take your anger out on me. Like, what did I do? I was just trying to correct your error, all right? But, yeah, yeah. I digress. Okay, so, anyway, my next encounter story is titled Interesting Dream of My Dead Grandfather, The Weird Thing That Happened When He Passed, Haunted Tours, and My Experiences at That One Haunted Museum in Vegas. You know which one. <laughs> So this was actually um, from one of our listeners, Ariana. So shout out, Ariana. Thank you so much for sending this in. And hey, Ariana. She sent this in about two months ago. So we just want to let you know, just before I start this, we read every single encounter story that you send us. We read everything you email us. If we don't answer right away, it's because, like, we're saving it for an episode or, like, we're just, like, sifting through everything. So don't think we're yeah. ignoring you or that we're not going to read your encounter. We just have to ra- wait for the right time. So... That's why it's taken about two months to read this one, but I'm very excited. So, ready? Porn ready. Okay. So, this is, hey, ghoulie girls, 
This is so long overdue. Burning finally sent burning finally sending it all in. I've had so many paranormal experiences, yet I don't consider myself sensitive. I believe I was just at the right place at the right time. Dot dot dot. Mostly. I'll let you come up with your own conclusions. There's so much. Um, of you, uh, you want to read them on your podcast. Oh, if you want to read them on your podcast, you can either all at once or split up over particular episodes is up to you. These experiences are all pretty different, but fuck it. We're going to read all of them at once because they're all awesome. So this starts the night my grandfather passed away, which happened to be in the early hours of the morning. Don't exactly remember what time my mother got the call. Something had woken me up. I was asleep in the room across my parents' room when a loud bang against the dresser right next to my bed woke me up. I was startled and sat up, ready to run away from whatever it was that had, that had got on my dresser, but I didn't see anything, so I stared at the darkness in confusion. For a split second, I thought that I had simply dreamed about a loud noise right beside my bed. However, that split second after sitting up, when I decided not to run, I heard a male voice talking from the space beside my bed near my dresser. I wasn't afraid. Instead, I tried to make out what the person was saying. I couldn't make out a word. A few seconds later, I see the light from my parents' room come on beneath their door. My mom opens the door, purse and key, uh, car keys in hand, and races down the hall out of the house. So um, we can only imagine what that phone, that why she was running out of the house, yeah. right? Um, so my heart sank. I knew her sudden leaving like that meant he had passed. I finally got out of bed, walked towards my parents' room, and met my dad in the hall. He told me he assumes my grandfather had finally passed. That's so sad. Um, I was glad that my grandfather wasn't suffering anymore. His last few weeks were pretty hard on everyone. He had to be put in hospice so he can get around-the-clock care. Still, I was so baffled by what I had heard. Weeks after my grandfather's funeral, I had a bizarre dream that my grandmother, his widow that he left behind, and I were in an all-white place with my grandfather. There is no way to see a floor or ceiling or room at any point or beginning. Everything was just all white, and we were standing in it. In the dream, my grandmother and I were telling my grandfather that he had died and needs to pass on into the light. He argued with us, seemingly flustered, and said he had to finish something. This went back and forth a bit until I asked what he needed to go so he can move on, or what he needed to do so he can move on. His answer was that he had not sorted out his money. I woke up after that. I thought it was a weird dream, but just a dream nonetheless. It wasn't until weeks after that dream that my grandmother and mother found a secret account under my grandfather's name with thousands of dollars in it. Wow. Turns out he'd been trying to get the money to go to a particular son after he died and not to my grandmother. They didn't get along. So (laughs) (laughs) there you go. Good for you, Gramps. Uh, So there's, there's that experience. But wait. There's so much more. But I, first of all, that, I have to just stop there and say that is crazy that she had this dream involving his financial situation and r- weeks after find out that he had a secret account with thousands of dollars stowed away. Exactly. Especially because it's not even like it was just a secret to her. Like nobody knew mm-hmm. about it. Exactly. And it's not like it was like a leftover, like from when he was young, like there's 42 cents in a bank account. You know, yeah. it was like a significant amount of money. Well, at least you can know now that he's finally rested in peace and he's moved on. If that was really what was holding him back. Yeah. So 
there is so much more. So in December of 2018, my ex-boyfriend and I went to Vegas and decided to visit that particular haunted museum. We know that one. Wink, wink, wink. It did not disappoint at all. I wasn't sure what to expect going in, but it was more than what I thought it would be. Right off the bat, in the women's restroom in the lobby of the museum, I found myself alone in there. I knew I was alone because there were only two stalls, and the woman using the stall beside the one I had just entered, flushed, washed their hands, and left the restroom. Once the door closed and it was quiet, with just me making normal restroom use noises, I heard something and held still to make sure I wasn't just hearing sounds. I could hear a woman softly crying from I couldn't tell where. Somewhere in that small bathroom, though. Once the guided tour began, our visit, uh, we visited a couple of rooms. My ex said that he got dizzy in the haunted doll room with the human skulls. I was bummed I was experiencing that, but when we entered the gambling room, I, it felt as though I had stepped off an elevator and had gotten dizzy. Finally, something. I was really, 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 <laughs> I was really, really hoping to see something in the Lugosi mirror. Uh, when the, group asked, when the guide asked the group to form a line if we wished to look in the mirror, no one had moved. I was going to be respectful and just fall in line, but since no one moved, I immediately moved right in front of the mirror. Everyone lined up behind me except for a few who were too scared. When the curtains were pulled back so I could look into the mirror, I checked my surroundings in the reflection. Nothing. Right before my time was up, I glanced over my own reflection and thought I saw myself as outrageously hot. Like, my makeup was on point and my cheekbones and hair were amazing. Almost like a magazine edit of myself. Then again, it could have just been me hoping to see something. I'm really not as attractive as what I saw. <laughs> I didn't... I, um, I didn't see anything, but later wondered maybe if it was offering me something, if I have into it, if I gave into it somehow. I don't know. Okay, wait. This is literally me when I'm getting ready for like a night out and I'm like putting my hair and makeup and the mirror makes me look marvelous. And then I take a selfie and I'm like, who the fuck is this? Exactly. These are two different people. It made me think of, you know that scene in The Grinch when The Grinch is looking in the mirror and he goes, ooh, ah. Hmm. And then he looks again and he goes, that's it, I'm not going. <laughs> that's literally 99% of why I don't go out. I mean, besides corona at this point. But before that, uh, yeah, that is literally me. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. In the freak show room, I felt someone playing with my hair, which was down. I looked towards my ex-boyfriend to see if he had done it, but his arms were crossed over his chest. I turned them around and saw that no one was, I turned, I then turned around and saw there was no one behind me. The actor in the freak show said that there was a spirit here in the couple of rooms beside each other that liked to pull women's hair. I was ecstatic that that had happened. <laughs> in the room with the Dybbuk box, I was determined to experience. Uh, hopefully Ooh. not <laughs> yeah, hopefully not bleeding from my eyes or passing out as others have experienced, but something. I separated myself from the group and moved against the wall behind the Dybbuk box. I stared at it, unblinking and attempting to experience anything. All I noticed was a darkness beside me against the wall in the shape of a person. I turned to look at the dark corner, but there was nothing there. My ex finally came over to me and told me he swore he saw a dark shadow standing against the wall in the corner next to me. Ecstatic. That was it, though. No bleeding from my eyes or passing out. Thank God. Um, there was a hallway full of mannequins dressed in clown costumes. Since some of this museum had actors dressed up for jump scares, I expected one of the clowns to be an actual person. Again, no one moved, too scared to move down the hall. I got annoyed and began moving down the hall between the clowns. 
I felt my boyfriend grab me by my side a moment, somewhere in the middle, thinking we had led the pack. But when I reached the end of the clown hall and turned around, I saw my ex-boyfriend still standing with everyone else at the other end of the hallway. I then assumed one of the actors reached out to grab me in attempts to scare me. When the ex-boyfriend finally found the balls to brave down the clown hallway and catch up to me, I asked him which clown was the actor. He told me none of them moved. <laughs> I, I simply walked down the hall untouched and turned around. Another room contained a haunted doll and spirit box. We were instructed to greet the doll upon entering and say goodbye when we left or else bad things would happen to us. The doll didn't answer any questions, but did say Jennifer. The group in the room glanced around in confusion, and some asked, Who's Jennifer? The one lady who had been singled out by the actors throughout the tour because she was the most scared suddenly says, Hi, Peggy. Awesome. So, in one of the rooms... Oh, I remember Peggy. Yes. Yes. So, in one of the rooms, there's an iron lung. One of those tanks used to treat respiratory problems. Being the reckless asthmatic I am, I decided to sneak a touch and press my fingers against it to see if I felt anything. Nothing. Bummed. However, the next day while traveling home, I began to have breathing issues. I went to the doctor and I was told I had bronchitis. Not saying it's from touching the iron lung, but you know. The entire tour is great. I want to go back. Also, mm. I saw Zach there talking to someone in the back hall. Thought he'd be taller. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys didn't know, this was Zach Bagan's um, haunted museum in Las Vegas. If you guys didn't already know. Um, and then the last thing she explains is more experiences. So if I have the opportunity to do ghost tours while traveling, I do it. I did one in Missouri just after that tornado hit. Nothing. In Santa Barbara, I did a ghost tour and had one small experience that was meh. That tour was more of a very interesting, it was more of an interesting history lesson. However, I did dream of a creepy old man smiling at me for the next three nights. Didn't matter what I was dreaming of, he'd be standing there and smiling like something out of a horror movie. Just a creepy old man. Didn't say anything. He was just evil. There was another tour I did of the Whaley House in San Diego. Nothing happened. But when I worked my graveyard shift that night, I had the uncomfortable and overwhelming feeling that I was being watched. It was so strong to the point that I often had to stop what I was doing and turn around to look behind me. Sure, my graveyard shift was scary to work since I was locked in the store alone the entire night, but I wasn't afraid. Speaking of that night shift, I did hear sale, he, I did hear sale voice speaking in the entranceway. I don't know what sale voice means. Maybe they meant some voice. Knowing I was the only one in and the radio for the store wasn't programmed to come on for another hour. There was another time I saw a shadow standing beside me while I began to stand up from leaning over. I was startled and screamed, moving to another part of the store to collect my thoughts. Once I was calm, I said, you could talk all you want or whatever, but I don't want to see you. I work alone, maybe during the day, but not when I'm here all alone at night. Please. <laughs> I wanted to be respectful and leave options, but seeing him while alone on my shift wasn't one of those options. <laughs> I'll send all the happenings of my cursed ex-boss in another email. I think this is a lot already, and I don't want to overwhelm you ladies. There's so much <laughs> that happened around here that I could probably write a book. Thank you for such an amazing podcast and safe space. Stay cre creepy and awesome, Ariana. Oh, thanks, Ariana. I would also just like to say that what she said to the ghost about, like, you can talk all you want. I don't want you here. That sounds like every crush I've ever had. 
I like it's just so funny. She she literally is just like, I just don't want to see you right now. Like it's just like Yeah, I don't want to see you right now. That was it. Yeah, yeah I just you don't want all you want. I don't want to see you right now. <laughs> Sounds like every like relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> oh Lily. Oh. I love how I love how it circles to your love life. <laughs> Just paranormal happenings equivalent to Lily's love life. I mean, Everything, are we surprised? Yeah. It, it all circles back to my love life or lack thereof. Let's be honest. Oh, God. All right. Lily, what is your next story? All right. My next story is... One second. Let me pull it up. Shit. I'm so unprepared. Oh, my um, God. Lily, you had one job. I know. I what, what I should have done was opened... Like, after I was done reading the first one, I should have opened the next one no one's gonna donate to our patreon now i'm sorry you can blame me okay so this one says so this is from um a girl named mckenna hello there my name is mckenna and i found your podcast because you fools followed me on instagram hey you guys seem really cool oh thanks mckenna so anyway into the story I lived in a house from age zero to nine that was really old. It was built in 1910 and is still standing today. I have always been creeped out in that house from a few different encounters, which I will save for another day. But my family and I recently moved out of that house. So years go by and I slowly realize that I've been having nightmares about this house for a long time. In my mind, the upstairs bathroom always had something dark and twisted in it. Let me explain the layout so you can understand better. Better. When you went up the stairs, you are facing my mother's room. Then if you make a left, there is a long and narrow hallway leading to the upstairs bathroom. On your left is my room, and on your right is my brother's. No other door is down the hall, so it's like a creepy horror film shot of that ominous door. Anywho, one of my dreams was that I was in my room and I walk out to use the bathroom. I turn down the hall and it's strangely long, too long. I get to the door and push it open. When I close the door and lock it, there is scratching on the door, then pounding, then jiggling the door handle. Needless to say, I was terrified. The thing on the other side then paused and in a distorted voice, it said, let me in. Oh, no. It's your mother. Ah! Bull crap. I step back. And just as the door busts open, I wake up. I have a lot of other nightmares and dreams, but I don't remember them as much as that one. Thanks for taking the time to read my email. I hope you lovely ladies have a great day, and I can't wait for the next episode. McKenna. Oh, McKenna, that is horrifying. Right? Especially also, like, think about the fact that, uh, you know, like, we all have a bunch of nightmares. But the ones that stick with us, there has to be something underlying to it. Right? Like, why is that the one that you remember? We have dreams every night, and most of the time, your brain just doesn't remember it. Or it's like, you remember it as soon as you wake up, and then three minutes later, you're like, fuck, that was a good dream. Why don't I remember that? Or, oh, that was scary. Why don't I remember what happened? Exactly. I saw a meme, and it was like, I wake, shockingly, I came into contact with a meme. (laughs) Of Um, course. And it was like, me, damn, that that nightmare we had was crazy. My brain, hmm, what nightmare? 
And it's like, exactly. Yes. Like, you know you had a crazy, scary dream, but you can't remember it. If you find that meme, Lil, you got to post it on our Instagram. I absolutely will. I'll, I'll Google. I'll, I'll, I'll find my ways. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Just Bully Thinks Podcast. Yeah, I actually, I you know what, Mike and I were just talking about this today because I had a very vivid dream this morning that I woke mm-hmm. up from, and uh, it so pretty much it was just a, a, a dream that I had of my grandfather, and I was walking out of this building, and he was outside, and he looked awesome, just as I remember him, and we embraced, and I gave him a big hug, and I was like, but like you're dead. Like, I, uh, why am I able to see you? Why am I able to touch you? And he was like, and he said, just because you don't always see me doesn't mean I'm not always with you. And I woke up this morning and I felt so happy. I felt so good, especially because like I said, this past week was so horrible on me and like just person, like mentally and physically, I just felt like such a wreck. And so this dream really couldn't have come at a better time. And I was explaining this to Mike because I don't, I've never, I haven't had a dream of my grandfather in the longest time. And I've always wanted one of him um, just to see how he's doing. But this dream, it didn't feel like a dream that it was, it was super, you know, simulated or like, it just, it didn't feel like a dream. Like I actually could feel him. I could feel his hands around me. And it just, it felt so different than a typical dream. And I was explaining this to him and he was like, well, then maybe you were actual projecting. Yeah. He was like, because now, like, he's getting into that stuff, too. He wants to astral project at some point, so he's been doing a lot of meditating, too. And he's like, it could have been a lucid dream. It could have been an astral projection. But, like, there's just so much unknowns of what lucid dreaming really is that, like, like, it could have been you actually talking to him and actually holding him, like, if it felt as real as what you're saying it was. And I really think, like, I mean, I know some people are going to find me fucking nuts, but it's our podcast, so I can say whatever I want. And I think that was a real experience. So, yeah. Craziness. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, I believe that, like, you know, I believe in astral projection and lucid dreaming. And I also, I guess, I don't know what else to call them, but, like, night visions. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, it's like a, like, okay, my mom said that, like, I get my name from a dream that my mom had when she was actually pregnant with my brother. But she said it felt more like a vision because it felt like in the dream it was her grandmother. And she said, you know, my it felt like my grandma was really there. That's so cool. I never you know, knew that. I, I could feel her there. I was watching her. It wasn't her in a dream. Because you know how sometimes dreams feel real and sometimes you're aware you're dreaming? Yes. You know, but sometimes it's like, wow, like, I know I'm dreaming and this is real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when, like, the two cross. Yeah. And I think that's what makes, you know, like, lucid dreaming and everything is when you know it's not, you know, your everyday world or whatever, wherever you are usually. Mm -hmm. But you know that something really is happening. It's not just a dream, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that was just, like, a total word salad. No, No, it really does make sense. And I never... I never thought of that concept because I've never had, like, an experience like that that I can come up with right now. But mm-hmm. night vision, like, that does sound like a like a real thing. Like, that makes sense. I don't know if that's the actual terminology, but... It's probably not. There's probably a word. What I'm probably describing definitely already has a name. It's probably, like, lucid dreaming or astral projection or something, and I'm just making it more complicated than it needs to be, but... But still, that's you know, so that's cool. that's my kind of 
feeling around it and my sense of it, of how it works. Well, I did not know that's where you, where your name came from. Yeah. So, um, my mom was pregnant with my brother and this was pretty early on. And I'm named after, um, my great aunt who passed away sadly when she was like, I think 12. Oh, wow. She, I mean, it was like, it was the great depression and they had not a lot of money and she died of, I think something along the lines of tuberculosis. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, my mom was pregnant with my brother and she had a dream that was her grandmother, just like standing on a stage in a dress she always wore, just like in front of a simple background that said, and her grandmother said, um, Soon, you'll know how I felt when I lost Lillian. Oh, God. And my mom was like, holy shit, like, call the doctor. Something's, you know, something's up. So she went for her checkup, and everything was okay. And she said, and she was like, if it's a girl, like, I have to name her Lillian. Like, I want to name her Lillian. And then it was a boy, so she named him Nick. But, <laughs> but then when I was born, you know, I got, you know, wow. I got that name. I wonder yeah. if you, did you ever see pictures of Lillian before she passed away? I don't know if they have any... I think they... Hmm. That'd be interesting if you could find a picture of her and see if there's any resemblance. Oh, imagine if there was! <sighs> Mind blown. Alright, so what's your next story? Okay. My next story is titled Ghost Story, Sage Women in White. Hey, ladies. Woo! Yep. Hey, ladies, I've just recently gotten obsessed with your podcast during quarantine. I love the podcast, by the way, and you girls are absolutely hilarious. I'm actually listening to it while writing this. Anyways. Who is this? Uh, I'll re- uh, her name's Linny. What is it? Linny. L-I-N-N-I-E. Hey, Thank you. Yeah. So anyways, I've been wanting to write for a while now, but I never actually got around to doing it. Okay. So the story took place in my childhood home in Texas. The house is rather old. I was around seven, and I shared a room with my sister, who was five at the time. Just to set the scene, my bed was placed on the wall across from the door, which led out to a hallway and staircase. My sister's bed was on the wall across from me, and there was a small square space in between the end of our two beds. As a child, I had trouble sleeping due to these recurring nightmares I had been having about Bloody Mary. I had just learned about her, and I was terrified by the urban legend. I couldn't even use the restroom by myself. Anyways, one night I was trying to sleep and in the hallway door was open into the dark hallway. My mom, thinking I had fallen asleep, had left it open and I was too scared to get up and close it because there was a bathroom in that hallway. I was really tired and trying to desperately to sleep when I saw a woman at the end of the hallway peeking from behind a wall. Me, being the sleep-deprived child that I still am, thought it was my mother. (laughs) It was a bit strange, right? Large, sleep-deprived children. Yes. It was a bit strange that she was just staring at me and also dressed in white and a kind of translucent way, but I didn't think much of it. I saw her a couple times more until one night I woke up from another nightmare. I tried going back to sleep when I saw the woman again. This time, I was. it was different though because every time I closed my eyes and reopened them, she would get closer down the hall until she was standing right at the door. At this point, I could see her face and I have it burned in my mind. It was blank and unsettling, yet I also was more relaxed, kind of like how you feel when a stranger's staring at you. It wasn't my mom. I quickly pretended to be asleep and was terrified trying to hide under my blanket. I felt a pressure at the end of my bed as if someone had sat down. I was overwhelmed with the smell of something. Later, on a trip to the Dollar Tree, I found a candle that smells just like it and it 
and the label read Sage. This is the part I can never forget no matter how hard I try. I felt a freezing cold hand pressed down against my back between my shoulder blades. There was a cold breath on the back of my neck and she whispered something. I still have no idea what she said because the second she spoke, I fell asleep. I explained this to my sister in the morning and she told me to tell my parents. My parents said it was just a nightmare and didn't try to fight it. The next night, I woke up to her at the end of my bed. She turned to the side and staring at my sister as she slept. When I woke up, she turned her head and put a finger up to her lips as if telling me to be quiet. I quickly shot up and started crying out to my sister. I frantically cried her name as I began to cry. She woke up and asked me what had happened. I couldn't speak, so she tried to get up to come for me, but I told her not to get out of bed due to the woman standing there. What woman? She said, looking over to where I gestured to. When I, when I looked back at where the woman was standing, she was gone. I slept with my parents that night. Whenever I had a bad dream, this woman would appear and put me to sleep. I got used to her presence. At some point after I turned eight, she disappeared. I had stopped having bad dreams. And after a few months, I had a very bad panic attack after waking up from a dream. I had pretty bad anxiety. I fell back asleep and I saw the woman in my dream. We were in this completely white room and she spoke to me. I don't remember exactly what we spoke about, but I do recall her saying her name. I won't say the name for her privacy, but it still floats into my head on a random day. I've had so many bad dreams with that I trained myself to wake myself up whenever I feel the sinking feeling of a dream turning into a nightmare. I would always whisper her name as I woke up to feel safe. Even after I have moved away, I still sometimes smell sage and know it's not the Dollar Tree candle and have a warm feeling spread throughout me, although I see nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary has happened in my current house, but I do see black figures in the corner of my eye that disappear when I look straight at it. Anyways, thank you for reading. I have so many more stories of the paranormal, but I'll keep those for another day. Keep up with the amazing podcast. You girls are hilarious. Have a great day. Lynn. Yeah. So I read this story the day that she'd sent this in, and I read it to Mike, and he was like, that is a crazy story. But he had a question for her, and maybe she can answer this when she sees that she's on the episode. Um, why do you want to keep the woman's name private? Yeah, well, maybe in case there's, like, you know, revenge involved or something. I'm very curious. I don't need to know the name, but we, but Mike did have that question. So, Lynn, if you're listening to this, email us or DM us at... JustGluingThingsPodcast@gmail.com or on Instagram, JustGluingThingsPodcast, <laughs> and let us know why you decided to keep the name private. I'm I am curious as well, but it, that would make sense if like you just don't want the ghost to come after you for like putting her name all out there and stuff. Yeah, like bitch, I'm supposed to be laying low. I, it's just supposed to be me and you. What the hell, man? <laughs> this was between the two of us. <laughs> I thought what we had was special. I was just gonna say that. Okay, we talk way too much. We talk we way too much do. to each other. Yeah. That's the issue. We talk way too much to each other. Oh, we are eventually, by season three, we're just going to be one blob of a person. Yeah, it's going to be, what would be our name together? Like, if we were a celebrity couple, what would our, like, what would our, like, ship name be? Oh, definitely something stupid. It would be Lil Becca? Lil Becca? What about Boober? <laughs> The B from Baldessari and the Uber from Ruber. Boober. Boober. <laughs> All right, that's it, guys. Lily and I's relationship name is Boober. <laughs> Everyone has cute ones like, like uh, what was it? Jelena. Brangelina. Or, or, yeah, or Nylee for Nick Jonas and Miley Cyrus. Ours is Boober. Okay, I'm here for Boober. it. 
I'm trying to think what else. I mean, there were some weird ones. Um, I can't remember any now. I know. I'm putting you on the spot for those. But there were some you classic those, ones. Like, you know those, like, teen magazines, like Tiger Beat and J14 and uh, stuff? Yes. So I used to live off of those. Are you and kidding me? And I remember me? when Friday Night Lights was on, they fucking abbreviated it to Fry Night Lie. Stop it. F-R-I-N-I-L-I. They were, it was, you know, it said, like, Friday Night Lights in the headline, and it was like, so... Which episode of Fry Nye Lie is your favorite? And I literally, even being like 13 years old, I was like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever read. There was someone in their mid-30s with $400,000 in university debt writing this and being like, what the fuck am I writing right now? <laughs> Fry Nye Lie? Is this what my life has come to? Fry Nye Lie? It was just like the most obvious not someone who was part of the demographic was writing. I think that I think the only reason why I got those magazines was to just rip out the middle posters oh, the and then just posters. put them all over my walls. I wish I had a picture of my fucking wall. I had same. I do you remember? I had Nick. Well, Nick Jonas was everywhere, of course. Of course. Uh, it was Nick Jonas. Um, Britney Spears wasn't as popular by then. Yeah, like, she was like shaved head Britney, so she wasn't really in the posters. Uh... Who else did I have? Oh, um, I never had any Hannah Montana, but I had like Selena Gomez and I just had everybody. Yeah. I also for a while had Cody Lindley. Does anyone remember him? Oh my God. Cody Lindley. Do you remember Jason Dolly? Uh, yes. I had a picture where like I had a poster of him and I took my mom's lipstick and I kissed his cheek. And then my mom like one night came into my room and it was like, did you kiss this? And, like, I was like, no. And she started <laughs> laughing at me. And I was so traumatized by that that I never told her about my crushes ever again. Because I was oh so mortified. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, this woman's never going to know anything Rebecca, about my love life. I can just picture, like, little Rebecca with, like, a mess of lipstick on. Just like, come here, Jason. Come here, Cody. Literally thought writing to... Oh, I had hella Jesse McCartney posters. And I think I've told you guys on the on the podcast before about how I had wrote to him, like, when I was seven years old, using, like, one of those mailing addresses on the back <laughs> of the magazines. And I invited Jesse <laughs> McCartney. <laughs> wait, wait. So wait, my parents... might have, actually. Wait, my parents had this... Like, they, they saved a copy because it was so funny. And they're like, we know you're going to love this when you get older. Mm-hmm. It was... I wrote to him, and I was like... Dear Jesse McCartney, you're so hot. Um, would you like to sleep over? My parents said you can sleep in my room. Mind you, my parents would never say that. <laughs> he never answered. I remember emailing Tyra Banks, and I wrote, like, this long, just stream of consciousness letter. Like, I wrote for, like, an hour to Tyra Banks <laughs> through her website. And I remember, like, literally, I was... I had, like, had probably been on Webkins all night, and, like, my parents, like, we ordered dinner, and in my letter, I was, like, I remember being, like, ooh, my baked ziti's here. Do you like baked ziti, Tyra? (laughs) (laughs) Does Tyra Banks like baked ziti? Tyra Banks, if you listen to our podcast, you need to answer this for Lily. Do you like baked ziti? answers. Does she or does she not like baked ziti? If anyone knows Tyra Banks or has a connection, pull through and let us know if she likes baked ziti. I can give a fuck about anything else this woman likes, but I need to know if she likes baked ziti. Right? Like, I'm sure she gets tons of, like, 
oh, I'm a model waiting to be discovered. Attached is a JPEG file of a mirror selfie I took. But me? Hell no. I just want to know if she likes big beef. <laughs> oh, my God. I just want to end the episode on that because that's amazing. Oh, my God. Okay. Lily, what is your next story? Is this your last one? Yes. Okay, yeah, because my next one's the last one, too. Okay, awesome. This one is called Haunted New England Road, and this is from Natalie. Ooh, okay, Nat. So, Natalie says, Hello, Rebecca and Lily. I have been listening to your podcast for several months now, and I love it. Oh, thanks. Thank ya. Um, It helps me get through my long drives on the California freeways while I drive my daughter back and forth to diving training five days a week. Ooh, wow. That sounds um, so cool. I just listened to your episode on haunted celebrities and loved it. I was born and raised in California and once worked for the happiest place on earth. And boy, could I tell you some stories because, well, Disneyland is haunted as shit. That's right. We're going full circle. (laughs) Lily, you should have used this experience for your research last week. Was it last week or was it two weeks ago? I had so much, like, material. You really did. That was an awesome research. I mean, I, I like this story isn't about Disney, but like she goes on to say, if you ever decide to do an episode on haunted amusement parks or haunted Disneyland, let me know because I'll send you some great stuff. So we just have to do more haunted amusement parks. I think I think that's a perfect idea. I mean, I could talk about Disney all day. My Instagram, I don't know if I told you this, is the three D's. Dogs. Like my feet, not my like personal like what I upload. <laughs> but when I scroll through Instagram, I see the three D's. I see dogs. I see drag queens. I see Disneyland and what, Disney World. What else more do you need? That's the theme to your life, Lily. It honestly is. Your FBI agent is on fucking point. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, come on, Alphabet. <laughs> Phoenicians who? Oh my god, that's amazing. Okay, okay anyways. Okay. Um, but I do have another creepy story. It is kind of long, so I'll apologize ahead of time. But I promise it's worth it. A few years ago, my husband and I took our three kids to Maine to visit my parents for a few days after Christmas. We live in Southern California, so this was quite a journey and quite a shock to us with the weather. We flew to Boston because it was cheaper than flying into Bar Harbor... And because I kind of forced my husband to, since, well, it's Boston. And I love Boston. We spent the night and started out to Maine the next morning. I had never been to my father's house since we had lost touch quite a few years before. And we had only reconnected five years prior. I punched in the address in the iPhone and it gave us the route. I called my dad to verify that the route was correct and the best way. And he said it was. We start driving, and everything is good. Well, other than being in a car with three children. (laughs) My heart goes out to you. Um, We get about 45 minutes away, and we find ourselves on this desolate road and start to notice that there were no other cars on the road. The road is also starting to ice over because apparently it's not usually traveled, so it's not usually plowed. Ooh. So we now have no other choice but to continue forward and take it slow. Not only that, but there is absolutely no cell phone signal, so I can't even tell my dad we are running late. 
the thing is, our GPS on our phone never rerouted like it usually would if it takes you on another route. It just changed the route, but didn't show that it was rerouting, which it had never done and has never done since that trip. Oh, shit. The ghost got her GPS. Uh-uh. This That's is trouble awful. ahead. Right? Um, we finally get to my dad's and tell him we got stuck on some side road, but because we didn't know the area, we couldn't tell him what road we were on. Fast forward to later that week. Because it's winter in New England and we had been stuck in the house, my husband and I decided to take the kids on a day trip to Bangor, Maine to do a bit of sightseeing and have a little lobster. Oh, you gotta have lobster in New England. One thousand percent. Right? My dad lives in Harrington, Maine, so we mopped it. So we mapped it on the iPhone and had no issues getting there and had a great time. When we decided to return to my dad's, I put his address into the GPS and confirmed the route was the same as we took to Bangor because it was all highway and main roads. I wanted to make sure because it was now getting dark and we were not familiar with the area. I called my dad and let him know we were on our way and headed off. We drove and talked and enjoyed the New England scenery and talked about what we were going to do for the rest of our trip, and I kept an eye on the directions while my husband drove. I would give him updates on where to turn and how far until the next whatever. So time goes by, and now it's dark, and we notice we are the only vehicle on the road and have been for some time. Uh-oh. I mentioned to my husband, yeah, right? I mentioned to my husband, uh, have you seen another car lately? He says, actually, no, I haven't seen a car or another person. In fact, I don't even have a cell phone signal. Nope. He asks me if we are even going the right way. And I tell him that we have to be since the directions never rerouted us from our planned route to my dad's. As we keep driving, the road gets more and more desolate and creepy. The trees are growing over the road, forming a canopy, and the fog is is rolling on the roads with no light other than our headlights. It makes it a very spooky combination. My husband, who is a complete skeptic in the paranormal, says, Babe, I feel like someone or something is watching us. If I see anything, I'm not stopping. Which now freaks out everyone in the car. (laughs) I look on the GPS and screenshot the area for future reference for my dad since we still have no cell signal. The road was Route 182, otherwise known as Blackswood Road, and we were near Fox Pond. So we are all freaked the fuck out as we are driving. We see this woman in a long coat on the right side of the road, in the snow, in the dark. No. Yeah. My husband says, Fuck that and keeps driving. There are a few scattered houses around there, so I'm thinking, okay, whatever. But maybe five minutes later, we see what appears to be the same woman walking on the right side of the road. But this time, she turns her head and smiles. Fuck that. Yeah. Her eyes are sunken and her mouth is big and creepy. (gasps) And her hair is black and matte. Oh, no. She's really painting a good picture, though. I have I'm to say. Fu- I'm fucking horrified, and I did not see this woman live. <laughs> My husband looked at me and could tell I saw the same thing. He told the kids, who thankfully didn't see it, to go to sleep. <laughs> we eventually get off that road and get back to my dad's, who was worried sick about us. 
We told him what happened, and he looked like he had seen a ghost, no pun intended. And this guy has seen some shit. He was special operations in the military in Vietnam, and then worked for our government out of Langley. Or Langley? Wink, wink. I don't know what that means. I'm Uh, clueless. So for him to look concerned was scary. We get everyone inside and warmed up and told him our story. He tells me that the road we were on is known to be haunted and that locals avoid the area. (laughs) He said he's not surprised that our GPS malfunctioned like that and apparently twice because the road we got stuck on the first day trying to get to his house is an extension of that road. Wow. He says GPS devices have been known to send people onto that road if you aren't aware of the area. He was so happy we were all safe. And now for the haunted legend. The haunting goes way back. There are supposed to be uh, elementals haunting those woods for millennia. A professor from Mackius University, I think I'm saying that right, uh, took some students into the woods to investigate, and they apparently had some interesting things happen. You can look it up. But they concluded the woods are haunted by an elemental force, which is what I think messed with our GPS twice and what we felt watching us. The other haunting is the haunting at Catherine's Hill. The story goes, and there are several versions of the story and several decades that it occurs in, so I'll just pick one. In the 1920s, during Prohibition, when wealthy people would travel down east for drinking parties at a nearby lodge, Catherine, a young girl, was riding in a car with a male companion. Coming around the road near Fox Pond, the man lost control of the car and crashed into the water, beheading Catherine. <gasps> Holy shit. Um, there is, oh, um, of interest, there is still a Model T at the bottom of Fox Pond to this Whoa! Day. Dude, we gotta go, like, water spelunking in this pond and find this shit. I need to look into this area, because, and especially the research that these kids did. Oh, my God, that's so sick. I know, right? Um, so the legend is, and this freaked me out, anyone seeing the spirit of Catherine must stop and offer her a ride. Woe to those who don't, for the phantom will curse them, and soon afterward, they will die. So, as you can see, I'm still alive, as is everyone in my car that night, and it's been four years. Was it Catherine? I don't know, but it for sure was creepy, and I would classify it as paranormal. Plus, I had no idea of this area or legend until after we experienced it. There is apparently a book written about the area, since the entire area is haunted. I'll give you the name and author below. Thank you for reading my story. Thank you for giving a voice to all of us who have gone through hauntings, because... Some of these can be traumatic, and this can be therapeutic. So thank you both for what you do. Oh, Natalie! I will send a few other stories when I get a chance. Hopefully you get to them, because one is super scary. Keep doing what you do, and stay spooky, Natalie. Did she end up having... Oh, okay. I was going to say, did she have the book? Yeah, the book is called Dark Woods Chill Waters, Ghost Tales from Down East Maine by Marcus Labrizzi. Okay, we got to check that out, guys. Yes. If anyone has read it, email us at justgleethingspodcast.gmail.com. Wow, Natalie. And she said that she has an even scarier story. I don't know what's going to top that because that was pretty fucking wild. I know, when we're done wild. recording, I'm going to ask her to, like, send her Disney stuff and send everything else. Yes, 1,000%. Okay, 
So my last story and our last story for today, uh, this is just titled Encounters. And this is by one of our boo things, Haley. She's one of our like OG boo things. She's awesome. So she starts, hey boo things with the little ghost emoji. So I have three fairly short stories. Two of them are fairly recent and sweet. The other one is a long-term issue my friend has been having. I'll start with the older of my stories. My grandfather passed away in the beginning of June. Because of COVID-19, everything happened super fast. The funeral was two days after he passed and the burial was the day after that. As I've said in previous stories, I have psychic medium abilities. I'm also practicing being a witch. Well, the night between the funeral and the burial, I had a dream slash visit from my grandfather. We were at his house and he was sitting in his favorite chair while I sat on the couch. We were watching Tale of Death Valley Days, a Western show, when he looked at me and said, I know how much you love me. Please don't go tomorrow. That's now how I want you to remember me, Snooky. Snooky was his nickname for me and no one knew why. I don't think even he did. I had put on a sachet of herbs and crystals meant for love and guidance in the casket at the funeral. I know it worked. The second story is about my dog. She got extremely sick out of the blue the other night, about a week ago. I let her out before bed and she came in and stumbled before falling down. She would barely eat or drink. We ended up putting her down two days later. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh, breaks my heart. Turns out she had a tumor that that went uh, that sent her into liver and kidney failure. She'd been hiding it from us for a long time. She was buried in our backyard with one of my blankets. My mom had lit a fire that night to guide her home. We let it burn through the night. The next night, there was no hot ash in the fire pit, but the fire reignited. I wasn't home, my cousin was inside, and my mom had been working around the house. That same night, I saw my dog and my mom's dog, who we put down years before, playing outside by the fire pit. Oh my god. Who's fucking crying in the club? I am wailing in the club. Oh my god. I'm fucking throwing my body onto the club floor and just doing circles in the sticky floor of how much I'm crying. The light up dance floor illuminating my tears. Oh no. That, oh my god. Stop it. Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. This third story is my friend's. So, for a couple of years now, my best friend has felt a dark presence in the stairway and upstairs of her house. Then, more recently, she started hearing footsteps, smelling men's cologne, no guy lives in the house, seeing dark shadows, and waking up with scratches and bruises. The few times I go to her house, I try to stay as far away as possible from the stairs because the energy around them is so dark, heavy, and oppressive. Even my friend's little sister, who's 10 years old, has had experiences and has expressed to my friend that she is scared of sleeping in her own room. My friend pretends that nothing's wrong as to not scare her sister anymore, but she is terrified herself. This energy would occasionally put thoughts into her head and we're afraid it might start doing this to her sister as well. She oh, has ex- boy. Yeah, she has expressed concern to mom, but her mother plays it off as nothing. I can tell she knows, though. She sages the house and is very anti-witchcraft. Before my friend's aunt died, she told her how when they were teens, they used a spirit board improperly. Yeah. Well, there you fucking go. It got so bad from... What, wait, what'd you say? I said, there you fucking go. Oh, yeah, I know. Fucking ridiculous. It got so bad for my friend that she asked me to make her a protect, a protect, protect, oh my God, protective charm. The charm seemed to work to a certain point, but she still feels, sees, hears, and smells it, but she is no longer waking up with scratches and bruises. 
I guess that's a plus. I hope it gets better for her, but I'm pretty sure that it won't until she moves out. Her family situation doesn't help the energy or her. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Craziness. And there's, I just, I love that dog story. That's still my favorite story. I think so. I think that anything relating to dogs is just automatically my favorite. It just, it's so sweet to know that our loved ones, you're also on the other side as well. Our furry loved ones. So sweet. So on that note, that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things. Thank you so much, Boo Things, for listening. Uh, and again, we have our Patreon officially up and running. So we'll shout that out towards the end, end, end of this episode. Um, thank you guys for sticking around. I know that... Uh, you guys have been waiting desperately for this episode to come out. I'm so sorry for the delay, but now you guys have two episodes in one week. So I think that, I think that that's pretty good, right? I think so. You know what? It's something to look forward to. So without further ado, let's get right into the social medias. Oh, Lily, do you have anything to add, by the way, before we conclude this episode? Just bless your heart, Rebecca, for making it through this fucking week. Honestly, it must've been really, really challenging. Like, with all the stuff you had going on. So I commend you for that. You know, it was honestly, besides the fact of like just being stressed of everything, I was more stressed because I couldn't, I couldn't record. I was so looking forward to recording. And every day that we didn't have power, I was like, wow, this is another day that I can't record with Lily. And I didn't have service. So I really couldn't like use social media to explain to you guys the situation. And I like wanted to push back. Like I didn't want to have to say like, oh, there's no episode this week. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was telling Lily, because Lily's like, do you want me to post something? I'm like, no, we're going to make this happen. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Lily, you're a trooper too for like constantly like just being like, so today, today, today. I felt so bad. I didn't want to like bother you about it, but I also didn't want you to think. I was just like, oh, I guess we won't do it this week. No, you know? of course. I, you know what? Like, I just felt bad that I kept stringing you along with it because it was just like, there was just so many unanswered questions and, you know, but I think today turned out to be an awesome episode. So that's all that matters. True. Okay. So to the social medias. All right. Follow us on Instagram at Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Face- which is also, I'm trying to have like more of a Twitter presence. Ooh, okay. Like share more memes. Dustin Perry has actually retweeted us a couple of times. So. Uh, shout out Dustin. We met him We're, at Perry Unity, and he's fucking awesome. He's the best. He's really cool. He's a really cool guy. If you guys don't know who Dustin is, he's from Ghost Hunters. So look him up. Tell him JGT sent you. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know how Twitter works and stuff like that. So anything. Twitter related, that's all Lily. So definitely yeah. check that out. Um, <laughs> honestly, Lily could just be posting mad random shit about drag queens and dogs and on our Twitter page, and I wouldn't even know. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> anyway, follow us at Facebook like page. Uh, uh, just Glowy Things Podcast. I threw you the fuck off with that one. <laughs> you did. Uh, follow our Facebook private group. Just Glowy Things Podcast group. Donate to our updated Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that you'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at JustGhoulyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo sometime this week. <laughs> Goodbye! Goodbye.